This is BFF. But first, Faith. Hello guys, welcome back to BFF. It is a good morning. It's 9am, which is very early for us. It's a productive day, so I'm pumped to be here right now. Me too. It's Matilda here, and today we are dealing with doubt, and we're trying to figure out how to deal with it, number one, but just to examine if it's healthy, if it can be a good thing, if we can use it to strengthen our faith, or if we should just avoid it altogether. So we're going to be questioning each other and see our different opinions on this. But first, faith, oh, I'm just kidding. But first, <laughs> we have to talk about our challenge from last week, which was to be cognizant and grateful for things that we don't necessarily, you know, thank God for on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. So what did you do this week? Um, so particularly I was thanking God for my mental health because I tend to overanalyze things and think about how my mental health is so bad. But in reality, I am so, so lucky that I am a sane person and able to think clearly and just like have a brain that functions so well. So that's something that I don't normally thank God for. And this week I was just trying to give him praise for that and um, show how grateful I am. I think that's something that's easy to take for granted as well, because if you're in a state of, you know, severe anxiety or something like that, it's just so easy to resent God for that and be like, oh my gosh, I'm in the worst state ever. But then as soon as you're out of that, you don't thank God. Yes. That, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You don't appreciate the good times as much. It's so much easier to focus on the negative. But what about you? What did you thank God for? So I feel like my classic thanking God for item <laughs> is my friends and my family. Like I always do that, but I wanted to add an element to that and get specific. And so I was particularly grateful this week for the support that comes from my friends and family, particularly oh. also in the mental state area, because I've struggled with anxiety, but recently, like at my sister's wedding, I was getting so nervous about the speech that I had to do and like the maid of honor speech. And then when I got up there, my whole family was chanting. They were like, Steph, Steph, you got this. Cause they all know that I struggle. And I was just so, so grateful for that, that they support me and want me to do the best and conquer anxiety. So it was cool. I love it. Oh my gosh. I also started that chant FYI. So. Wait, did you actually? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering where that initiated. I was like, did my whole family just all of a sudden like jointly have this idea? No, I was like nudging people. I was like, come on, go. Oh, but they were all, so they good. wanted to be on board. Thank you. Um, okay. Highs and lows. I guess I'll start with a high because I was just talking about it. I actually have two highs this week because it was a pretty bomb week. But first one, my sister's wedding was this past weekend. It was so much fun. Like, seriously, such a beautiful wedding. My sister and her now husband have only been dating for basically a year. And it was just so crazy how quickly they fell in love. It was so beautiful. I shed a bit of a tear. And it was just, like, a really fun time. I loved seeing it. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy that it's her husband now. I'm used to saying, like, her fiancé or his name. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, she has a husband. That is wild. Um, okay, that would definitely be one of my lows. I mean, not lows. All right, Matilda. <laughs> one of my highs as well. Um, but the high that I wrote down was um, last night, actually, we had our neighbors over because we just met our neighbors who just graduated um, from college, just like us. And we had them over. We had a little taco night. And it was just so fun, like, hanging out with people in our apartment complex. I know. It kind of felt like college, where it's just so easy to hang out with people, Exactly. Just walk across the dorm, I guess. Yeah. My other high. Oh, it's kind of a similar-ish thing. But on Friday, I had a happy hour with my coworkers. We got off work early and went to this restaurant slash bar and got some appetizers and drinks and all that sort of thing. And it was just so fun, like... I feel like we were talking about this earlier, but both Matilda and I are really bonding with our coworkers, and it's just such a great feeling that, you know, we're actually 
pretty excited to go to work as opposed to dreading it each and every day because I think that makes a huge difference on her totally. quality of life. <laughs> so, what is your low? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two highs also. I, oh, are you doing we're two highs in one week. low or just no no no, no okay no. just two highs just okay. no lows yeah so I'm gonna do two highs because you reminded me I'm kind of copying you but my coworker situation. So we had a bowling night, which I actually wasn't going to go to. Um, and then I just decided to go and I was hanging out with a bunch of people that I don't normally hang out with that much. And I just feel like I was bonding so much. And I also in the beginning was thinking I was going to have no friends at work, but it's gotten a lot better. And that was just very, very exciting. That makes me so happy. And don't you also feel like Whenever you go to things that you don't plan on going, they always end up being the best things. Totally. Because you don't really hype it up. You're kind of like, eh, whatever, I'll go. And then all of a sudden you have a blast. Yeah, yeah, that's so accurate. So as Matilda mentioned at the beginning, today's topic of conversation is doubt, specifically doubt and faith. And I've been thinking about this recently in general because I think there's this, I don't want to say misconception, but just thought that faith and doubt are polar opposites and with one you can't have the other. Um, But in my opinion, throughout your journey of faith, doubt is inevitable and also it can be beneficial in strengthening your faith and I think there's seasons where we're more doubtful or seasons where it's very minimized but I feel like it's always existent to some extent yeah I really I really don't think it's possible to have a faith without some type of doubt because the point of faith is you choose to live in the faith and believe but it just it's not humanly possible to just like never question or think anything because that just goes to show you're not really thinking much about your own faith you know it's true and what you just said there literally ties into this quote that i found perfectly and it says doubt always coexists with faith for in the presence of certainty who would need faith at all and it's true like that's the point of faith is to be having these doubts but choosing to trust god and just go with this childlike faith instead i mean obviously not in a naive way where you're just like oh whatever like doing your research that sort of thing but just you know choosing to surpass that and um what muffle muffle the noise of doubt with your faith does that make yeah, sense yeah it does make sense well what I read you last night I totally because I think some people and of course not to say we're right they're wrong but um something that I read to Steph last night that I just didn't agree with was saying that um doubt and faith are polar opposites and they can't live within each other and I just feel like I I don't know I just don't I don't necessarily believe that I think it's so powerful to have these questions and to look into your questions and not just like have them and then go downhill you know what I mean like you have to investigate yeah and I think we as humans are finite beings like we have such a limited brain capacity and ability and just the whole discussion of faith that's something that's infinite and so beyond our understanding so if you don't have doubt or have questions it's like are you god because how could you not question this but just the fact that you know, we could live forever in heaven. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, that shouldn't be something comprehensible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it is, I don't know. Teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My first question that I have for you is, where does your biggest source of doubt come from? I would say this has kind of changed growing up and just my perspective on faith as a whole. Because I remember when I was younger, my biggest source of doubt slash like concern that it wouldn't be true was that heaven wasn't real. Because At the time, faith was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. Like, it didn't really have a whole lot to do with my relationship with God just because I was young. And that's kind of just what you're taught in Sunday school. Like, oh, believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. So that scared me because it made me really scared of death when I was younger. And I was like, is heaven real? I don't know. That was my source of doubt. And now I would say my biggest source of doubt, it definitely comes in waves, just sort of with what's going on in my life. 
But I would say probably has to do with the negative events and the horrible things that are happening in the world. Okay, and, yeah. you know, just the classic question of how could there be a God if all this horrible stuff's happening? And right. I definitely think we should do an episode on that. And I, I have so many questions about it myself, and I understand why that's such a struggle. So that's where one of my probably, yeah, that's like my biggest source of doubt is just when horrible things are happening in the world. And it's like, how is this? occurring (laughs) yeah exactly and going off of that I mean it's pretty much the same thing you said but I just always wonder why I mean the classic thing like why do bad things happen to good people right but it's really just so hard to wrap your head around when you see such innocent beautiful like children and something horrible happens so that's what I think causes a lot of doubt too for me yeah so is that your biggest source or what do you think it is I would say for me that would be one of them but My overall biggest doubt would just be my family is not Christian and I just, it's hard for me when people are saying or overall consensus is just that um, good people will go to hell. I don't know if I necessarily believe that and that's a whole nother topic, but um, that would be where, where I had a hard time like deciding that I was going to be Christian when that was such an overall premise within the faith. That's true. And like, I feel like with Christianity and just faith and religion in general, it's something that you kind of have to embrace and just fully believe in its different facets. But with that being such a big thing that's preached, it's like, I totally get why you'd have a hard time believing that, especially with your family not being Christian or religious. Like for me, it's kind of easy because I'm like, oh, whatever, like my family, my friends are good to go. But I 10,000% get that. Like that must be super hard. Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to think like, even if if hell is real and if people who don't believe in God will go to hell, then I was like, well, I don't want to believe that anyways because right. I would rather be in hell with my family. But um, yeah, I can go into that more later on another episode as far as like how, I don't know, how I've come to terms, or not like come to terms because I don't really believe my family would be in hell, but I just, yeah, just like how I'm still able to believe what I believe and accept Christianity without, um, you know, just having like this full on, I know I get any sense. Okay. I know. I think that and the thing we were talking about earlier, like the horrible events in the world, bad things happening to good people. I think those are the two concepts I think for both of us that have been hardest to wrap our heads around. I know we were talking earlier about how doubt can kind of be used as a mechanism to strengthen your faith. What, like, why do you believe that? What are some ways that you think it can do that? Okay. So for me, if I would say in a specific time when I have doubt um, that normally makes me think about my faith more and think about certain questions. So oftentimes I'll write them down or just mentally write them down. And then that makes me read the Bible so much more because I'm like, I have to figure this out. I want to understand. I want to know. And I'll even, I've read so many apologetics books and just books that um, make me curious. So I think it fosters a sense of curiosity, which then leads to talking to other people and getting those answers solved. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like if you have these questions in your head, innately we want to seek the answers to those. And in Christianity, the answer to that is turning to the Bible or turning to prayer and just, you know, going to learn more about that, of course, strengthens your faith no matter what, because you're reading more, you're informing yourself, and then you're potentially finding the answers to those questions. Yeah, yeah. And as you said too, prayer is a really, really great thing to turn to and just say, God, I don't know, and I know I may never know the answer, but help me to understand this and give me clarity. So Yeah, that's something I was thinking too, not just turning to the Bible and learning, but admitting that we don't know is almost putting us in a vulnerable state. And I feel like when we're vulnerable, we draw closer to God and feel this more intimate connection. So I do kind of think that 
even if you do all this research and learning and all that sort of thing and you still don't know the answer, it's okay to say that. And that almost does strengthen your faith in a sense because it puts you in a place of humility and not like, oh, I know all the answers now. I'm good. Right. It's like we still don't know, but we're trusting you because we know that you're all knowing. Yes, yes. Um, another question I have that goes off of what you just asked me is how do you normally approach doubt and do you feel paralyzed by it ever? I think for me, one of the most beautiful things I think about the Bible is that it's a story filled with other people that are experiencing similar things. And so I just love to, you know, if there's some topic that I'm struggling with, whether that's doubt or anxiety or whatever, I'll Google like Bible passages about blank. And for example, if you look up Bible passages about doubt, you can find so many different things. Like with Sarah and Abraham doubting the birth of their child. It's like all these different people in the Bible are humans as well. And they're experiencing experiencing these same things. And so we can just see how they reacted to it and how they prayed about it or how God intervened in their lives and things like that. So I think it's, I don't know, it's just kind of like a guidebook for what other humans are doing. It just like Mm -hmm. almost kind of like gives me solace that there's stuff like that in the Bible where people are doubting as well. Um, But I don't feel like recently I've been paralyzed by doubt. I would say just, I mean, obviously, like we were saying, seeking more truth, turning to the Bible more, blah, blah, that kind of thing. But also just like almost trying to drown it out with even more strength in your faith and just continuing to go to church, continuing to go to these Bible studies and not letting it swallow you. Because I think that can be so dangerous if you just spiral down and down and keep asking all these questions, because the reality is that we're never going to know the answers to all the questions. And so I think that's kind of something you have to accept and then just continue embracing your faith if that feels right. I think that's important. What you just said right there is to not spiral down in the questions because yeah, you want to ask questions and you want to find answers, but to know that there is no ultimate answer. Like I thought that once I got to a certain point in my understanding, then I would have faith and then I would have a relationship with God, but it really doesn't work that way. It's not um, you have a certain knowledge and capacity and that's what guides your relationship with God. I think it's so much more um, like spiritual than that. So I just think it's important to use those questions on your journey and not to say like, oh, I'm at a pause point right now. And then once I get the answer, then I'll jump back on the wagon. I also kind of remember at Pepperdine, there was a certain point, I feel like it was like sophomore year or something when you were dealing with this struggle and you were saying that you didn't have all the answers to all the questions. And I remember you had a professor or someone came into your class and shared their testimony and like it just seemed so simple and seamless for them like the whole child like faith concept yeah. and you were skeptical of that and you were like how does he do that like almost not like resenting him but you know what I mean like yeah. why do I have all these questions that's almost like a uh, easy out for him to just be like oh whatever like I'm just gonna go with it yeah it definitely it makes me question how other people think or how they see faith because it's not easy for me just to And maybe it's because I didn't, I honestly think it's because I didn't grow up in it because when your parents believe and when you see them believing, it's just such a natural thing of like, oh, that's what makes sense. It's like how your parents teach you to like be polite or something. You don't question it. You're just like, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, So I'm grateful for it in a sense because I think it has strengthened my faith and allowed me to have those questions and look into it so much more than just like a passive faith and i think also you're such a um logical and analytical person right and so you're never one to just like go with your emotions and just uh kind of slide past any doubts or questions that you might have so i think that definitely plays a role but yeah i think to each his own like either way is fine because some people like i've never personally experienced this maybe it's just because i grew up in faith and so i never had this shocking revelation but i know some people like all of a sudden are overwhelmed by faith and without even having to have learned much about it they're like oh God 
is calling me, yeah, yeah, whatever. And like, I've never had an experience like that, but I don't doubt that that happens. Yeah. And so it's easy to judge people and be like, oh, their faith isn't legit. They don't know all the facts, but it's like none of us do ultimately. And it is such a spiritual thing that we can't observe externally. So it's like, whatever, let them do them. If that's how their relationship with God is, then great for them, you know? Mm -hmm. I think I used to be a lot more skeptical of that, but now I'm like, okay, it's their own journey, so I should honor that and good for them. One other random thing that I found online when I was doing some research into this topic was an analogy about doubt, and I'm just going to kind of read it from the article so I don't... I feel like it's like one of those things where it's like, can you copy my homework? And then the person like (laughs) makes it the exact same. Like, I'm not going to take credit for this. I'm just going to read it straight up. But it says... I once heard doubt compared to getting an immunization, like a shot. In order to help your body fight off future infections slash diseases, a doctor will give you a small dose of the virus. That way, your body can build up the antibodies that will fight off the virus. This makes your body stronger and healthier. The same can be said of doubt. When you're infected with doubt, it forces you to seek answers for your questions. Ultimately, you will end up stronger because your faith has been confirmed. Oh, wow. How cool. I really, really like that. I know. It's like it is implanted or instilled in you to almost make your body fight it off in a sense and like seek all these answers and all this knowledge to ultimately build your immune system slash your soul and your heart stronger. So I have a question about a verse for you and it's kind of, kind of heavy, but um, let's dive into it and see what we think. So it's James one, five through eight. And it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Interesting. So you're thinking like that's kind of contradictory yeah. to why we're, or how we're thinking it's okay to have doubt. Yeah, because I think maybe also now that I'm reading this, I don't know... Is it good to be encouraging doubt? Like, should we? Yeah. I don't think we're necessarily trying to, like, encourage, like, come on, guys, doubt, doubt. But, like, (laughs) I think it's inevitable that we're going to have these doubts and it's just a matter of dealing with them. But I think maybe in that verse it might be talking about just having faith and trust in God as the entity and as the all-knowing Father and Lord, you know what I mean? As opposed to necessarily having questions about life and why things are happening. And like we were saying, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know, but I still trust God with everything that's happening and so I think maybe it's like maybe it's saying that you can't necessarily pray to God and expect answers and knowledge if you're not fully believing in what he has to say like for example if you're asking your parents about something their opinion on a friend or something but if you don't trust their opinion and trust their knowledge and fully have faith in what they have to say then why does it even matter if you're receiving an answer? I like that analogy. That's so true because sometimes I'll ask my mom something and then I'm like, oh, I didn't want your advice anyways. Right? Like on clothes especially. Like, yeah. what do you think about that? She's like, I hate it. I'm like, well, you don't understand the trend. Yeah. So it's like, why did I even ask? <laughs> yeah. So there is that. And now that I'm thinking and looking at the verse also, in the beginning when it says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. So I think it's specifically referring to asking God, seeking questions, seeking after him for help and advice and when you do that to go at it with an open heart and if you have that doubt then you probably will be tossed away by the wind because you're not fully um willing to accept what he has to say yeah like you have to be receptive to his knowledge and his advice that he passed along to you and can't like you were saying like you have to have an open heart and not be closed off to whatever you're asking for or like praying about because then you're not going to receive it anyway so i could see that Going along with the analogy about being tossed in the wind, yeah. Yeah, and then also the last verse that says such 
a person is double-minded, it makes a little more sense now thinking, well, if you are asking God, but then not being willing to hear the answers, then yeah, that is double-minded. For it sure. Is contradictory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should hop into our advice section, but one of the things in this section is kind of like a question that I have for you. I was reading the Bible this morning. I was reading in Matthew and I came across this. So this is basically during the temptation of Jesus. Also, you guys are going to get some Bible ASMR here as I turn the page. Um, but okay, so it says, then the devil, so this is the devil tempting Jesus. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So that was the devil talking. And then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. So I'm wondering, do you think it's okay to ask for a sign? Or is that testing God? Like, oh, I'm doubting you. Show me a sign. Show me that you exist. I've heard that many, many times where people say not to ask for a sign and asking is you not believing. I think... It depends on the way in which you do it. I don't think it's necessarily bad to say, I want to see your presence, God, show me more of you. But I don't think if you say, I won't believe in you unless you do this. I think that is... But I've also I've also heard people who are not faithful, have no type of faith at all. And then they say, I don't know if I can believe unless this happens or and then it happens and then they believe yeah so I don't think that's a... I don't know yeah I, I get what you're saying though I don't think faith should be conditional like you're oh, waiting yeah. for some certain thing to occur like if you're or like testing him like yeah. um Jesus was saying here but like if you're real cure this person of this sickness and show me like I, I almost feel like that's kind of um what's the word like cocky in a way yeah you know what well, I mean no I I couldn't agree more and I think also um, it shows that it it's your own agenda and not yes. his because we have to trust in his greater plan. And even if we have an idea for what is right, then, and you say, well, you're not God because you didn't do that. And everybody would have liked if you cured that person. But it's like you are putting yourself at this higher place of understanding when God is really way, way beyond your understanding and you have to trust him in whatever is happening. Right. And that even reminds me of um, the crucifixion when the, I think it was the Romans were like, oh, Jesus, if you're real, if you're God, then just get off the cross and yeah. heal yourself. But he's like, Lord, forgive them for they don't understand. Exactly. And it's just like the whole premise of Christianity as a whole isn't that something's wrong, he's going to heal it. And like, there he is proving himself again. Like, it's not a matter of proving himself. It's just the greater plan. I don't know. Yeah. Just to sum up, I guess, now that I'm thinking about what I'm saying more is I agree with you that I don't think we should test God or it should be conditional, but I do think that if a person comes to faith because of an encounter where they asked God for something or they wanted God to show up in a certain way and he did, I don't think that classifies as testing. I think it's Definitely. more so their revelation. Yeah, like encounters and revelations I think are separate from some very specific like physical like thing that you want him to do yeah okay so i read this book in i forget senior junior year or something called confessions and um it I wait thought who's it, it by um augustine or oh augustine or, yeah wait, no, no, no. Is yeah he a same, character? wait wait yeah no he's a character oh i literally <laughs> read that book too <laughs> he's definitely a character yeah i forget who's um, by but yeah so 
yeah, I don't remember either. But essentially when I read it, I thought it was really boring and I didn't, it was hard for me to follow, but there were certain parts that really stood, like just stuck with me. And this one part of it says, um, so I'm just going to read a little bit. So it says, firstly, faith precedes full understanding. Augustine contends that one cannot come to understand truth without prior belief. After all, life is too short for one to seek all answers before coming to faith. For there are innumerable questions, the solution of which is not to be demanded before we believe, lest life be finished by us in unbelief. Ooh, I really like that. Yeah. And I think that doesn't mean you have to be naive yes. at all. Like, I think there's 100% a difference between not knowing anything at all and just kind of <laughs> like, oh, whatever, like, I'm just going with it. Versus accepting, like we've been talking about this whole podcast, but that we're never going to know all the answers. And I love that um, the author says that faith proceeds, or wait, faith precedes knowledge. Is that what it was? Faith or truth? precedes full understanding. Right, right. Exactly. And I think it's the, the keyword there is full understanding or full. <laughs> that's the yes, keyword. Yes. Because I don't think, as Jeff said, that means that you can just be like, oh, well, I'm faithful. I know nothing. But I think not, or coming to terms with you're not going to fully, fully understand everything but you're gonna move forward in your faith because otherwise it's going to be at a standstill if you need to understand everything first and i think if you're always having all these doubts and questions popping up in your head it almost closes you off from hearing god and hearing other and learning more truths like for example if you're at um, a church service or something and you have this doubt at the beginning and you're just thinking about that and that's like clouding your brain the entire time you're gonna miss the message and like there could be other truths that would be invading your heart, you know what I mean? But like you're closing yourself off from that by having these doubts clouding yes, your lens. Exactly. Well, what it says, life is too short too short for one to seek all answers before coming to faith. It's yes. like, it really is. Like if you think that you're going to get through your whole life and understand everything and then have faith, it's like, well, you're really not going to have much faith in there because all that time you're taking to understand is going to be way way too long and cloud your vision. Yeah, I totally agree. And then my last tip that I wrote down just for what to do when we're experiencing doubt, I know we touched on this already, but just praying to God and knowing that it's okay to express doubt to him. Like there's been so many times in the Bible when you see people crying out to God and I mean, prayer is just a conversation and he already knows what we're thinking, but it's just expressing these thoughts and prayer doesn't have to be perfect. It's meant to show your true emotions with God and build your relationship with him. So I think it's entirely okay to express to him that you're having doubts and you know, ask for help and ask for him to invade your heart and help you with these questions that you're having. Okay, I want to end on this verse, which is Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it is, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Ooh, I yeah. love that. So going forward, what is our challenge? How are we going to conquer this together? I'm thinking this week it's not something super concrete, but just noticing when you're having a doubt and kind of cutting that off before it spirals downhill and taking one of these things that we've talked about, whether that's turning to the Bible or turning to prayer and just kind of, you know, speaking with God and having this intimate moment with him to help combat that, but also to help yourself recognize that we're not going to have all the answers ultimately. Also, if you want to talk to a friend or somebody that you really trust and maybe dig deeper into that question with them, I think that would be a great thing to do as well. And if you don't have a friend to do that with, hit us up on Instagram. Oh. Literally, like legit guys, we will talk to you about anything on Instagram. Advice, faith, lack of faith, seriously anything. Our Instagram is Steph and Matilda. 
please that sounded like a plug but it's like you don't even have to follow us you can just dm <laughs> us that's fine too yeah no we love hearing from you and having conversations with you guys so please go on there and dm us and we'll see you guys next week yes have an amazing monday have an amazing rest of your week make it a great one and we love you guys so much love you bye bye